Welcome to the Rev Up Dental Podcast. I'm Beth, your host, and in today's episode, I'm going to share with you invaluable information that we have learned from years of listening to hundreds and thousands of phone calls from hundreds of practices from all across North America. Most practices only manage to book 30% of patients who call. We will teach you how to increase that booking rate to 80%. I will teach you how to book price shoppers, what questions to ask potential patients and how to make your patients feel like they are special so that they not only come back for years but invite their friends and family too. Today I want to share with you some of the observations that we have identified after listening to hundreds and thousands of phone calls from hundreds of different practices all across North America, and we want to show you how you can optimize your phone conversations. So what you're going to learn today is the result of, as I said, analyzing hundreds of thousands of practices. We have looked at these different practices and identified that some of the practices will convert maybe 30% of their calls, while other practices can convert nearly 80%. So we asked ourselves, why? What is it about these practices that convert 80% of the time versus the 30%? What are they doing differently? What is different about them? We looked at the demographics. It's not the demographics. We compared different patients going to the similar practices. It's not the location. We have practices in very similar locations. While one will convert 30, one will convert 80. It's not the services you offer. It's certainly not the building that you were in. We've identified that if the receptionists are applying these steps that we're going to go over today, they are able to convert at a far higher conversion rate. When I say convert, I mean somebody's calling in and they get to book an appointment straight away as opposed to someone calling in and saying, okay, bye, I'll call you later, something like that. So we have identified five different steps that you can use and I'm going to give you some useful phrases and tips and tricks that you can apply to your phone call so that you can leave this webinar with some handy tools that you can apply instantly and start to improve your conversations immediately. Let's take a look at those five different steps. So the five different steps, starting with the warm welcome, everybody always starts with a nice warm welcome. And this is always the first thing that any teacher is going to teach you when it talks about increasing your phone behavior, improving your phone behavior. Um, Yes, warm welcome. And we're going to go into detail into this and we're going to identify what is the difference? Why would you use certain phrases as opposed to others? Then we're going to talk about shifting the power. This second step is probably the hardest step and the most impactful. If you do the second step, you are much more easily positioned to do the third and the fourth and the fifth step. If you don't do the second step, this is where the conversions start to drop. You end up maybe you get lucky if you book a patient. It's it's, it's sort of a chance thing. But if you can master shifting the power, All the other steps just click nicely into line. So we'll spend a bit of time talking about what shifting the power is and how you can do it. And I'll give you some handy phrases that you can take away. Asking discovery questions. So everybody asks questions on the phone or they think they do. We have heard many, many phone calls where no questions have been asked whatsoever. But if you're asking discovery questions, we're talking about questions that are more than just what's your name, what's your number. Tell me about your situation. What are we looking at here? I can't give you a quote of the phone because I don't know who you are. Well, why don't I ask who you are? Tell me more about yourself. And these discovery questions often teach you things about the patient, which helps you build rapport. In essence, build rapport is simply be nice. I have heard so many phone calls where people just are not nice to patients over the phone. I ask myself why. I really don't understand why you would want to be mean or cruel or just blunt with somebody who's vulnerable. So building rapport is about building a relationship with this person, getting them to like you and liking them in return. You'll find that if you build good rapport, your conversations are going to get so much better for yourself. And the last one, promote the practice. This is a competitive environment. There are dentists on every corner. What is it about your practice that stands out? Why should this person come to you? So we'll talk a little bit of that as well, and I'll give you some ideas. Okay, so let's jump into it the warm welcome. So 
Most of you will know about the power of a warm welcome. I think it's something like five to 10 seconds of introducing somebody. Somebody will decide whether they like you or not. This piece, the warm welcome, is the easiest step that you can take on and apply to your behavior on the phone and it will completely change how people relate to you. So use the full warm welcome. You can be nice, you can say ABC Dental and that's a nice, you know, nice tone. But what you want to do in your welcome is you want to introduce the practice. Why? Because you want to confirm they've called the right place. There are very many Parkview Dentals, um, Nice View Dentals. There's many Sure Smile, Clear Smile, Happy Smile Dentals. There's so many similarly named dental practices. You want to confirm that the person is actually calling the right place. So say the name of the practice. Introduce yourself. They are human. You are human. Give them your name and they'll give it back. That's how interactions work. You create an instant connection with the caller by simply just giving your name. Start the conversation. This is often not said in the warm welcomes or in the introductions. People don't say, how can I help you? Which leaves the caller forced to figure out what to say next and carry the weight of that conversation. And it goes without saying, be nice, be friendly, use a warm, friendly tone. You know, it's not hard to just smile a little. You, you will have heard it. Smile. People can hear your smile. It's true. So just smile. Let's take a look at, at a couple of introductions and we'll go through each one and I'll tell you, you know, a bit more about it. So these are all examples that I hear all the time. ABC Dental. ABC Dental is the name of the practice. It's not an introduction. It's not a sentence. You've literally just said, you know, blue mouse chip. Like, what does that even mean? ABC Dental. Okay. Should I, should I respond to that? Like what? I can't believe how many times I hear this. And it's like, well, I'm busy. I'm, th that's what the, the patient hears. All they hear is I'm busy. And it doesn't leave them with a good impression. ABC Dental, how can I help you? This actually sends the same message. I'm busy, what do you want? They, they haven't taken the time, the three seconds it takes to just be nice and say good morning or whatever. ABC Dental, how can I help you? I'm busy, what do you want? That's exactly what that sounds like to the caller. Good morning, ABC Dental, this is Beth. This is good, you've, you've given a greeting, slowed it down, you've given the name of the practice, you've introduced yourself, so you've done a little more, but this leaves the caller with the weight of the conversation. I've just said, you know, happy potato chips, and they're expected to know what to say in return. You haven't started the introduction. You haven't started the conversation. You've just given them the name of the practice and your name. And it's like, okay, now, now over to you. You figure out what to say. Good morning, ABC Dental. This is Beth. Falls short. ABC Dental. This is Beth. How can I help you today? This works. This actually gets a green tick. This we consider a welcome. You've introduced the practice, you've introduced yourself, and you've started the conversation. And we assume you said it in a nice way. Obviously, if you say, ABC Dental, this is Beth, I'm going to help you today. It's not going to be very nice for the caller. But so we want to make sure that we're speaking slow, we're speaking clear, and we're starting the conversation. The only piece that this is missing is that very beginning piece, the hi, hello, good morning, good afternoon piece. Now, let me explain to you why this is important. Statistically, saying good morning versus not saying good morning doesn't actually have a correlation. All it does is it slows down the conversation. This is something I hear quite a lot. Oh, this is Beth. How can I help you today? When you pick up the phone, the technology takes a second to click on. And if you've started talking as soon as you pick up the phone, ABC Dental, this is Beth, all they hear is, Beth, how can I help you today? Which sounds really weird to the caller. And for them, it feels like they're having to catch up. They've missed something important and they don't really know where to go from there. So when you say hi, hello, good morning, good afternoon, it achieves one very important thing. It slows you down. Good morning. This is ABC Dental, my name is Beth, how can I help you today? Just saying that one sentence or hi, you can say hi, hello, good morning, good afternoon, it doesn't matter. That is going to be a perfect warm welcome and it will start the conversation off on a very strong point. We can say it in different ways. Hi, this is ABC Dental, my name is Beth, how can I help you today is perfectly acceptable, just as good. Good morning, this is ABC Dental, my name is Beth, how can I help you today is also perfect. This last sentence, this last introduction, don't do this. 
ABC Dental, we care about your smile. These little gimmicky phrases and condescending statements are exactly what they sound like they are. Leave them for your billboards. Leave them for your posters and your flyers. When you say something like, we care about your smile, all the person hears is, I really don't want to say this, but I have to because my boss is forcing me to. And that's an awful introduction. Absolutely awful. If you are a manager and you are forcing your staff to say something like this, just stop. Just stop. Let them say a proper introduction. Start that conversation. Good morning. This is ABC Dental. My name is Beth. How can I help you today is a perfect introduction. Don't deviate from that. Don't let somebody say something silly like we care about your smile because all the caller hears is condescending statement. I don't. So take that away with you. That's the warm welcome. You start with this lovely sentence and you've already started the next step, which is shifting the power. So shifting the power is basically what this means is when you, you know, when someone says to you, oh, you're making me carry this conversation or well, there's a joke, you know, you, um, I, my shoulders are really heavy or sore. Why? Because I'm carrying the weight of this conversation. When you leave it to the caller to ask the questions, you are putting the weight of the conversation onto their shoulders. When you shift the power onto your own, you are letting the caller relax, calm down. You're telling the caller that you are the expert. Don't leave it to them to know what questions to ask. You're the expert. You know what information you need from this person. You ask the questions. That's your job. Let's take a look at a conversation. Um, Hi, you've reached ABC Dental. My name is Beth. How can I help you today? Hi, do you guys do implants? Yes, we do. Okay, uh, how much does this cost? What happened in this interaction that we just looked at was the person started off well, the receptionist started off well, they had a nice intro, the person asked a perfectly acceptable question, and then the receptionist had just said, yes, we do, and left it completely to the caller. The number one reason we get told when we ask receptionists, why do you think people aren't booking with you? We get told they're just price shopping. They're not serious. Well, when you hear an interaction like this, you got to agree with them. Yeah, like this person is jumping to the cost question. They must just be wanting, about wanting cost, right? Wrong. The reason why somebody asks about cost most of the time is they don't know what else to say. They have called you, they have an issue, a situation, and they don't know what else to say, so they jump to that cost question. Here's the thing. Nobody is calling you with a pen and paper and sitting down and writing down exactly what you tell them when it comes to cost. They're not calling seven different practices and going, I'm going to go with number four because number four had $20 cheaper. They're not doing that. Um, the reason why they're asking about cost is they don't know what else to say. So here's what typically happens. Um, they, you know, the person calls, hi, you've reached ABC Dental. My name is Beth. How can I help you today? Hi, do you guys do implants? Yes, we do. Oh, okay. Uh, how much does it cost? And the receptionist instantly goes, oh, here we go again. Another price shopper. Oh, these people just waste my time. They're not even going to want to book. And what you don't know is that your voice changes. Your tone changes. You can hear that you, the I, I can hear when I'm listening to these phone calls that the receptionist thinks this person is just another irritation. So what you end up getting is, uh, well, uh, it's like $3,500 a tooth. And the, the caller says, okay, well, thanks, bye. Or even worse, they'll say something along the lines of, well, I don't, I can't tell you over the phone. Implants are a very big procedure. It's really serious and you might need bone work. You might need x-rays. We don't really know. So you're going to have to come in and we're going to have to take a look at you, do a consultation, and then we can tell you the cost. What the caller hears is in the first scenario is like, just go away. In the second scenario, what they hear is you're going to have to jump through a whole lot of hoops before I'm willing to give you any answers. I know the price. I'm just not willing to tell you. It tells them that you don't really care about this situation. You don't want to be bothered by this. Just go away. So in both instances, you're the one driving the caller away. You're not giving them any reason to come into your practice and book with you. So how do we change that? How do we shift the power and how do we make it so that the caller feels like you're in control? 
they can relax, you're going to take it from here. Let's take a look at the exact same situation. Hi, you've reached ABC Dental. My name is Beth. How can I help you today? Hi, do you guys do implants? Yes, we do. Can I ask you some questions so I can better understand your situation? This simple way, this simple question, and you can practice this, add this to whatever you say. Yes, we do. Can I ask you some questions so I can better assist you? Is instantly going to improve your conversation. Nobody's going to say no to that. Nobody's going to say, no, I don't want you to ask me any questions. Of course, they're, they're going to say yes. And that's going to allow you to start asking them some valuable questions to identify why they're looking for implants. Why did they call you today? Let's take a look at another way you can shift the power in a slightly different situation. Hi, you've reached ABC Dental. My name is Beth. How can I help you today? Hi, can you tell me how much you guys charge for cleaning? Okay, the cooler has jumped straight to the cost question. Oh, here's another cost. No, 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 no. This is your job. They want to know how much for cleaning, but you don't know anything about them. So let's find out something about them. Sure, I can help with that. Can I ask you some questions so I can better assist you? You've acknowledged that they've asked the cost question. They've asked how much you charge for cleaning. Sure, I can help you with that. So you've said, I hear you, but before I can give you an answer, let me understand what we're actually dealing with. So I'm not just shouting out a number and you're going away and calling the next place and the next place going to ask some questions and land that patient. I'm telling you right now, anyone who was doing a cost price, you know, price shopping, they go somewhere. They just don't go to you. And that's a really important thing to remember. It is your job to make them come to you or to help them come to you. You ask this, you use this statement. Sure, I can help you with that. Can I ask you some questions so I can better assist you? And they're going to want to say yes. And this is going to make your conversation go so much better. And in the end, the cost isn't going to matter because it's the same everywhere. It's within a couple of, you know, dozen dollars. It's, this, it's close enough that that part doesn't matter. Here's another situation. Hi, you've reached ABC Dental. My name is Beth. How can I help you today? Hi, do you take new patients? Yes, we do. Are you looking for general new patient appointment or is there something in particular that's bothering you? Mwah. I heard this said over the phone once and I just thought that was beautiful. Yes, we do. We've answered the question, but instantly shifted the power onto my shoulders. I know what I'm talking about. Let's identify what you actually need. You will either get the person saying, yes, I just need a general, you know, new patient appointment, cleaning, x-rays, all of that. Boom. You know instantly what you're dealing with. They probably have insurance and they probably just signed up and they're ready to get started with their dental treatment. Or is there something particular that's bothering you? Is this an emergency situation we're looking at? You've taken control and you've not forced the caller to tell you and to, to leave, to, to volunteer that information when they know nothing. They don't feel good telling you this information. Remember, they're vulnerable. Beautiful. I love this one. Hi, you've reached ABC Dental. My name is Beth. How can I help you today? Hi, do you guys do Invisalign? Yes, we do. Are you already a patient with us? This beautiful shift of power is going to instantly change the conversation you're having with the patient. If they're new, you know you need to do a bit of work. If they're existing, you know you can look them up in the patient management system. Maybe there's a note there already. You can identify what's happening with this patient. If they're new, this is a beautiful introduction to our next step. Are you already with a patient with us? No? Okay, let's have a conversation. Tell me what we're looking at here. Discovery questions. So when we talk about discovery questions, we're not saying ask questions. There are plenty of questions you're going to be already asking already. We're saying focus on them. What questions can you ask a caller to identify their situation? What's their reason? What's their urgency? What's their history? Ask the caller discovery questions Prior to booking, a lot of people jump straight to the appointment, but they actually don't know anything about this person. Now, these questions I'm going to show you are typical questions you will already know. You'll already ask these questions all the time. And I'm not saying these questions aren't important. These questions are what we call form filler questions. Sometimes their discovery, are you a patient with us already, is a very nice discovery question. How did you hear about us? 
Um, what's your name, email, and phone? Obviously, you're going to ask that. I recommend asking it earlier in the conversation because then you can put their name in the conversation and make them feel like you know who they are. Um, do you have insurance could be a relevant discovery question if they've asked the price question? Of course, that answer is going to identify what your answer to them is going to be. Um, do you want to book an appointment? Of course, obvious. What's your schedule like? What daytime works best for you? Can you do daytime? These questions are all great questions. Definitely ask them. But we, we wouldn't classify these as discovery questions simply because they don't tell you anything unique about the caller. You don't, they don't tell you anything about the caller's situation. These questions are what we want to focus on. So pay attention to these questions and take them away with you because if you ask these to a patient, they will change your conversation completely. When was the last time you went to a dentist and did you have x-rays taken? Say you've asked, they've asked you the price question, how much is a cleaning? Well, if they went to a dentist six months ago, it's very likely that their cleaning is going to be a standard three unit cleaning. If they had x-rays taken, you don't need to take new x-rays, you could get those transferred. There's a bit of cost off for the patient. It also tells you a little bit about the patient's dental habits. If it was 10, I had a conversation with somebody and um, they told me it's, it's been like 10 years since I went to the dentist. Oh, wonderful, I said. Well, I'm so glad you're coming to us now. Let's get you started with your dental treatments so that you can get back on track with your oral health. He knew it was going to cost a lot of money, but by acknowledging that it was okay for him to be that far back, let's, let's make sure we take a good thorough look. I'm going to get the dentist to take a, a thorough look at your teeth so we can really identify. Let's take a full mouth of x-rays so that we can make sure nothing slipped through the cracks. It doesn't matter what the price is. This person wants to get their teeth fixed. It took them 10 years to call. Are you in pain? This is such an important question to the caller and such an important question to you. And then uh, questions about the pain. Has it been a long time? I had someone who said, oh yes, I'm in really bad pain. I said, oh, how long has it been? And they said, oh, it's been about two months. But okay, maybe it's not that bad pain or there's a reason you haven't called me until now. Are you anxious coming to the dentist? What's prevented you from getting this dealt with earlier? Oh, you didn't have the money, you have it now. Okay, let's talk about that. We have financing, what, whatever. It helps you find the conversation that fits the caller and it really makes them feel like you're listening and that you care. Why are you specifically looking for a treatment? If someone's calling and they're asking for a very specific treatment, endodontist or something like that, they didn't get that word from their head. They don't know that much about dentistry to pick out these things. They know dentist, teeth, cleaning, whatever. If they're asking for something so specific, they've probably been told they need to have it or worse, they've Googled it and they've decided that this is the treatment for them. Now, whatever their answer is, is going to tell you how to have a conversation with them. If they've been told they need it, then they're probably up to date with their dental health and they just need someone who's more specialized. If they have Googled it, well, you probably need to do a bit more of a general check and consultation to really identify if this is the treatment that they need. How long have you been thinking about this? Think about the context of implants or Invisalign. These treatments, somebody doesn't wake up one day and go, I know, I want Invisalign. How long they've been thinking about this really does matter in terms of your conversation. If you ask this question, you'll get answers like, well, I've been thinking about this for two years and I think it's time, I want to get this done. Well, now you know this is a person coming in who's probably going to start treatment relatively soon. If they say, oh, you know, I saw an ad on Facebook and I just wanted to learn a bit of information about it, well, now you know this is a person who's probably interested, but maybe will take a few months to actually come to a decision to buy. And that's going to give you a bit of insight into how to treat them over the next few months, some caracals, some check-ins, things like that. Very, very valuable. Have you called many other practices? Don't forget, dentistry is a competitive environment. There are other practices out there. And you can guarantee that they're giving answers like, oh, it costs $2,000. Oh, I can't tell you that. You have to come in and see us. If you're asking, have you called other practices? What did they tell you? This is going to give you a bit of insight into how much they actually have talked to other people about this. And, and you can say things like, well, I'm sure everybody told you it was around about $2,000. And that's true, it is, and here's why. Let me break this down for you. 
If you go that extra step further, you will stand out amongst those competitors. You've taken the time to explain to somebody why things are a certain price. It's going to cost that much anyway. You're not going to get anywhere cheaper unless you go to some back alley guy and then they're gonna end up damaging your mouth for good. You can have a conversation around why uh, you know this is a certain price or why you need this specific treatment and you can use what you know other practices are saying because everybody says the same thing they're all saying the same thing you are okay so have you called many other practices is a very interesting question to ask can you tell me more about that this question was actually asked by a doctor and the way he did it was just so beautiful the person called up and he says oh you know i am um, I've chipped my, I've knocked out my tooth and I need some treatment. I'm in a lot of pain. He says, oh, wow, tell me more about that. Turns out the guy was a hockey player. He'd been smacked in the mouth. This was an emergency situation. But the way the doctor just said, can you tell me more about that? It was like, wow, I'm so interested. Tell me more. Let's see what we can do and identify what we actually need to do to help you. It was such a great way to just help the caller know that you cared. And that leads us really nicely into the next step. Oh, sorry, I missed one. Do you need this for something special? Oh, I love this question. Okay, so they're calling for whitening or cleaning or you know something like that. Do you need this for something special? Like as a whitening? I have asked this question a couple of times when it's for whitening and they have almost always told me, yes, it's for a wedding or it's for a big celebration um, or their, their daughter's getting married, something like that. And, and it just leads you into having a great conversation with this person. Oh, how exciting. Congratulations. Let's get you in. Let's get those teeth nice and white for you, which like the one before, can you tell me more about that? Leads us into our next step, which is building rapport. So just be nice, get them to like you. Everybody's human, everybody has a situation. When we say build rapport, we're talking about creating a nice connection with the caller and making them feel like you care. Have you ever had a call where someone said, oh, hi, is, is Rachel there? Or hi, is Jenny there? Whatever. Why do you think they're asking for that specific person? Do you honestly think that this person thinks, well, I'm going to get a you know, a cheaper deal if I talk to Rachel or um, I just don't like you, whoever you are, I don't know your name. I want to talk to this other person. Like you've not done anything. Okay. So why do they ask for a specific person? Because that person's built rapport. This caller feels more comfortable talking to that other person. So how do you build rapport with somebody when you've just picked up the phone and you're just having a five minute conversation with them? Okay. It's actually really, really easy sympathize with their situation. Many patients are in pain or they have been having, they hate their mouth, they've been feeling bad for a long time. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I have heard so many calls where someone has said, hi, I'm in pain, you know, my, my back molar, I think I have an infection and a receptionist has gone, oh, well, we don't have any appointments until next Thursday. It's like, okay, don't, don't feel bad for me at all, you know, like, wow, really? That's what you're going to say to me? Just say, I'm sorry. Like I be empathize a little bit. How many people are anxious when they call the dentist? A lot, almost everybody. Nobody wants to go to a dentist. Everybody who calls is vulnerable in some way, or they're about to be because they're about to lie down on this bed with their mouth open and people will lean over them with bright lights in their face and scrape away at their mouth. That's not nice. Nobody wants that. Acknowledge that it's normal. People might be very, very nervous and you can hear it in their voices. That's okay. It's perfectly normal. It's okay to be anxious. Everybody is. We're, we, we acknowledge that. We'll look after you here. Just be nice. Acknowledge it. How old are your kids? Minor X. I heard this conversation where someone called in to cancel and she just said, you know, I, I have to cancel. My kid's sick. They're at home. You could hear the child screaming in the background and the receptionist started talking about the cancellation policy. And I just thought, oh, come on, be a little bit more sympathetic. Oh, you know, oh, that's so sad. I, I'm sorry to hear that. How old are your kids? I have kids too. I totally get it. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to manage. Let's see if we can rebook you in for a time that works. What time do you think? Maybe in a week, would that work? You know, just acknowledge, 
I have kids too. I understand your situation. Or even if you don't, just show a little bit of interest. I had a practice, actually, I was a patient and I had just had my son. So I was, he was a little baby. And I said, okay, well, I need to come in for my cleaning, but can I bring my son? And the receptionist said, oh, yes, please. We love babies. Bring them in. We'll look after them at the front desk. He'll be taken care of. You'll be fine. And I just like, you know, new mom, I'm all anxious and I don't really know. And, oh, it was such a relief to hear that, you know, and it didn't, it didn't hurt the receptionists. They didn't mind. It was just such a beautiful way to treat me like I'm a human and that they care and these things happen. How exciting a wedding. So we talked before about, you know, is this for a special situation? Yes, I'm getting married in three months. I'm so excited. Oh, excited. Oh, how, how congratulations. That's so exciting. Just be nice. It's, it's, you know, people are excited. It's a big deal. Laugh. I have heard the most awkward conversations where someone, often older people, they're very nervous about the dental treatments. They, they need a lot of work and they crack these jokes because they're nervous. You know, the nervous jokes, <laughs> just laugh. I, I, I've, I've heard people crack multiple jokes in a conversation and the receptionist just ignores it completely. And it's, it's really hard to hear. It's, it's awkward. It's, you know, I, I personally wouldn't want to go to somebody who's just like a blank slate, give me your number. Like that's, that's not nice. So just laugh, acknowledge their situation. Before we continue a quick interruption, we're always working to make things easier for you and have put together some handy resources on some of the topics we're covering today. Check out our ebook, The Power of Discovery Questions, which is packed full of questions you can ask patients in different scenarios. You can download this from our website, revupdental.com, located in the resources section. You can also check out the episode description for links to our blog or explore our YouTube channel, where we regularly post educational content to further enhance your knowledge. Now let's get back into it. So it's not that hard to build rapport. And when you build rapport, that's also going to lead you naturally into our last step, promote the practice. So when we say promote the practice, just sprinkle something good about your practice. Even if it's the same thing that everybody does, everybody has Wi-Fi in their waiting room, but nobody says they do. So, you know, sprinkle that in. Um, people are nervous, everybody's nervous. Our hygienist is very gentle. She'll make sure you're comfortable. All hygienists are gentle and make sure you're comfortable, but to hear it just reassures the patient and it promotes your practice as a reputation of being gentle. We love having kids here. Dr. XYZ is excellent with children. We even have a toy box. Oh, suddenly a parent feels so much better about bringing their little Bobby in for their first ever dental treatment. Um, you know, every practice has often got a late night or they stay open on a weekend or something like that. So say it. We know people are busy, so we stay open late on Thursdays. Does that work for you? Or even if they don't want a Thursday appointment, you can still say it. It sounds good. You guys are trying to help people. I'm going to book you in with Dr. Dentist. She's great with nervous patients. She's very good and will explain everything. Our patients always say she's super gentle. Every single dentist is great with nervous patients. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a practice. They are all very gentle. But if you say it to the person who's calling, it'll make them feel better and it will promote your practice. They will have in their minds, ah, Dr. Dentist, Dr. Dentist, I want them. I'm always nervous going and she's so great. Even if like she, they're not particularly that nervous and she's not that, you know, it doesn't, they, they are, okay? Dentists are great with patients. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a practice. And here's a really good one that's quite useful. Have a think about how experienced your dentists are, especially if you're working with a specific service. Our dentist has been doing this for over 20 years. You're coming to the right place. They are an expert. They know exactly what they're doing. They have done this before. Very, very useful to just have this in your pocket. So think about a few things. Do you have Wi-Fi in your um, waiting room? Do you have a toy box? Do you have free parking? Um, are you, do you have a particular hygienist, dentist, whatever, who takes the patients, uh, sorry, takes the pediatrics, the, the babies, the children? Uh, do you have someone who you like to book with who's open, who stays in late or comes in early? What is it about your practice that helps you accommodate, even if it's the same for everybody? What do you do? So here's something I want you to take away. I heard this uh, with this practice. They did this every single time they had a new patient booking. 
every single time they finished a conversation with a new patient and they confirmed their appointment and they booked them in, they wrapped it up with this basic sort of little script, you could say, and it just was so beautifully done and it promoted the practice so subtly. Um, I wanted to share this with you because I think this is such an easy way to add it to your repertoire of, you know, little, little scripts and little phrases and sayings. So when you confirm the appointment, provide them with some basic information. Thank you. Okay, you're booked it on Wednesday at 3 p.m. I will send you a confirmation email and text with a link to a new patient information form. Fill this out before you come in. If you don't, that's okay. Just come in a little bit early and you can fill it out in the practice. On the confirmation email, it's going to have your date and time so that you can remember. Do you know where we're located? The confirmation email will have our address on it and it's a big white building, you can't miss it. We have free parking in the back. If you come in a little early, we have Wi-Fi, coffee, tea in the waiting room, your appointment will take about an hour and a half. Just this little script gives across so many unconscious messages. You don't have to worry, I've got you, I'm in control, I'm gonna send you the information through multiple you know, ways, even if you don't, it could be just an email or just a text, or maybe you do a phone call. However you confirm this patient, let them know that's what you're going to do. And when you follow through, it makes you look good. Plus it contains the information. If you do have a new patient form, then you add that to it. And if you don't, you just say, you know, whatever it is that you normally say, come in a little bit early so you can fill it out in the practice. Do you know where, where we are located? A lot of people don't. A lot of people have Googled where you are and they've called you and they actually have no idea where you're located. Confirming that makes them feel good. And most of the time they'll go, oh yes, I can see your address right here. Well, good, we'll put it in the confirmation email anyway. And just in case, here is the big white building. Um, we have free parking. Most practices do have some sort of parking, of course, um, but saying you do makes you sound good. Um, Come in a little early, we have Wi-Fi, coffee, tea, water. Most practices will have some sort of water and Wi-Fi. Even if it's what everybody is, say it, it makes you sound better. Um, and the duration of the appointment was just a nice little touch there. So I have a good expectation about how long this is going to take. If you can sit down and write out, you know, a little piece of what you would say to a new patient, how would you wrap up that conversation? And then you say it, you will instantly improve your conversations with patients and they will feel better about you. They will like you and they will think this is an amazing practice because they're professional, they're courteous, they go out of their way to make sure I'm reminded of my appointments and I just really like them because, you know, they care about me. That's what that comes across as. So, we have gone over all of the five steps now. So I just want to reiterate them, summarize them a little bit, and at least leave you with one or two sentences that you can go home with. When you answer the phone, answer with a full warm welcome. Slow down that conversation and make sure that you're starting the conversation. Hi, you've reached ABC Dental. This is Beth speaking. How can I help you today? They'll tell you why they're coming and you control the conversation. Sure, I can help you with that. Acknowledge you've heard them. Can I ask you some questions so I can better understand your situation? Take that burden onto your shoulders. You can relax. I'm in control now. I'm asking the questions. You just have to answer my questions. Then you ask questions, <laughs> discovery questions. Are you in pain? How long have you been thinking about this service? Is this for a special occasion? Tell me more, tell me more about that. Of course, you'll also be asking all the standards, names, emails, and things like that, but make sure you do sprinkle in a few just so you can understand the person's individual situation. And with that, you build rapport. You follow through with the questions. I'm sorry to hear that. Congratulations. It's okay to be anxious. We will take care of you. And then of course, as part of that, you're promoting the practice. How many years does your doctor have ex of experience? Are your hygienists gentle? Even if they're not, like you can still say they are. I hope they are. Otherwise, again, you wouldn't have a good practice. We love kids. We even give toys to them. Most practices do this. Nobody says that they do it. We have free parking, simple, easy promotion of your practice. Now, if none of this has got through to you, I just want you to think of one thing and take this home. Nobody calls a dentist for fun. They are vulnerable. They are in pain. They don't wanna be doing this. 
If they're calling you and they're asking about cost, it's either because they don't know what to say or they are shopping around. And how are you going to make sure that this person chooses you? Because they go somewhere. They just don't go to you. Nobody calls a dentist for fun. So just be nice. I can already see some questions starting to come through. So we are going to spend a little bit of time answering these questions. How would you navigate the conversations if there's no available openings? What a fantastic question to ask. And that's actually a question that I was expecting. So I'm glad that you asked it. Not having openings in your schedule is a fantastic problem to have. So congratulations to you. Um, you definitely, that's a good problem to have. Uh, there are a couple of tricks that you can do. So one of the things that you want to avoid is saying something like, when are you available? Because they don't really know. I mean, if I asked you, hey, when are you available three weeks from now? Or, or even when are you available this week? Are you going to be able to tell me exactly that? No. People respond really well if you give them two choices. So if you say, um, I can see you Wednesday at 10 and or I can see you ne next Monday at four, that's going to give them a really good idea. Try to give them morning and an afternoon so you can give them two options. They're going to either respond with one of those because they it's easier for them to say, oh, I think I can make the 4 p.m. one work. Or they'll say neither of those and you'll just have to ask another one. But you can get an idea from that. Um, another really good way to avoid saying something along the lines of, we're really busy, we're really booked, I can't see you until next month. We actually do work with a practice where their calendar is almost fully booked pretty much three weeks in advance and it's fantastic. What we say is we say, I can get you in as soon as Tuesday the 14th at 4 p.m. When you say I can get you in as soon as, it gives this like subtle mental impression that that this is a good practice. It's busy. Oh, and I'm going to get in as soon as three weeks from now. That's awesome. As opposed to, oh, they are not able to see me until three weeks from now. So it's funny how these like unconscious subtle things do change. But yeah, two, two tips there. Give them two options. Ideally, one morning, one afternoon, two different days. Um, and then say, I can get you in as soon as X. That's going to leave them with a better feeling than if you say, oh, I can't see you until Y. Great question. Um, oops, got some more questions coming in. How would you deal with a dissatisfied customer? Oof, what a tricky question. We have heard some really, really great conversations that have taken place. Um, it's a bit hard to say when it's just a dissatisfied customer because there's so many different scenarios you could be dealing with. The customer could have had a bad uh, experience. Maybe their filling fell out. That's only two days later. Um, the The truth is back to the whole just be nice remember they're not angry at you they're angry at the situation so listen to them give them a chance to say what they have to say um and just just try and listen of course we do the standard i'm so sorry to hear that um some of the best responses i've heard go along the lines of i'm so sorry to hear that i'm going to do what i can to make this better now when it comes to things like costs and stuff like that rarely the front desk reception can do much about that. So the best thing you can do in those situations is say, I'm so sorry to hear that. Let me take as much information as I can. I'm going to take that to my, you know, office manager or dentist or something like that. And we'll have a conversation around what we can do to make this better for you. So the key when it comes to disgruntled or dissatisfied customers is just listen, hear their story, give them a chance to know that they're heard. Um, you can even say like, I'm going to say this back to you just so I understand that I've heard everything correctly and repeat what they've told you back and make sure you have got all the details. Make sure they know that you're taking the information. The worst thing you can do is say, I can't help you. You know, I'll, you know, obviously I don't think many people actually do that. Don't yell back. That's very, very bad. Don't yell back. Keep your calm and just remember they're not angry at you. They don't even know who you are. They're just angry at the situation and they need to, they need to feel like someone's listening. Um, what do we do if we didn't book or couldn't book that patient after all of those questions? Pat yourself on the back. The thing about dentistry is um, first thing, it's really competitive. Okay. So you need to remember that this isn't like I am forced to go to one dentist and stick with them forever. They might call multiple practices. That could happen. 
it is rare for somebody to actually listen to a patient and ask for this information and get to know them a little bit better. So that person's going to remember you. Maybe they didn't book with you today, but they'll probably call back and book with you. I had one patient who we had a great conversation and he said, I'm so sorry, I can't actually book now because I have to um, talk to my wife and I have to get her like say so on, on what, what I'm booking. It's for my child. I said, not a problem. Um, it was great talking to you. I'm going to check in in a week or two and just see how you feel. Two weeks later, I called this person and he just checked in and said, hey, like, just checking in. We talked two weeks ago. Do you remember me? I just want to see, you know, did you manage to find somebody that worked? And he said, oh, that's right. I remember talking to you. Yeah, actually, I, I want to book now. And he booked for himself and for his child. So you don't know. You're setting foundation here. It might not be that they booked today, but they'll remember you. They'll remember that nice person that cared when everybody else said, sorry, I can't give you a price over the phone. And they will eventually come and book most of the time. Obviously, there's always, you know, not everyone will. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, someone's just asked, can we have it to review later? This webinar was pre-recorded, so it's recorded. Yes, I believe you will get the recording. Everyone who's here should get the recording within 24 hours. So yes, you will have that recording. Um, how do we control the call and still schedule a patient who only inquires about pricing and says they will call back? So this is an interesting one. You're talking about a situation where they say, hey, I'm just calling about Invisalign and you have a conversation or I hope you have a conversation. They say, okay, cool, I'm calling back. Kind of the same answer as what I said before. They might not book today, especially for something like Invisalign or implants. With any luck, um, I recommend if your dentists are listening, offer a free consultation because almost everybody does and they're not going to go with you if you don't. Like that's something really important. If you're not offering a free consultation, they're going to go somewhere else because somebody else is. That's a competitive piece. Your job at that free consultation is to see this as an opportunity to sell this person. Um, and if you're not able to book them, then you, the dentist needs to ask themselves what they're missing. However, if you can, so if you can offer a free consultation, that's your goal is to try and get them on board with that. Um, if they've called and they said, I, I just want to know about the price, you can say, Absolutely. I want to, I, I want to help you with that. I, can I just ask you a few questions so I can better understand your individual situation, which would give me a better ability to give you a better price. Even if you have a list of price in front of you, you already know what the price is, get them talking, get them, get them talking with you, ask those questions, get to know them a little bit better. And you will find yourself saying things like, Oh, it's fantastic. You did see a dentist within the last year. Do you have the ability to get your hands on those x-rays? Because that will actually bring down the cost. You asked about the cost of, of a patient appointment. If you can get your hands on those x-rays, then that's going to come off the price. Let me give you a breakdown. And that'll generate a much better conversation. Um, if they say they'll call back, my recommendation is to make a note of them and call them back. Get what? Give yourself a couple of days and call them back because they might have said, I'll call back and then forgotten about it and moved on. And you're the one that calls them back. You're the one that's going to stand out. So that's my recommendation there. Um, if I encounter a situation where I'm unable to provide an answer, what a fantastic question, or resolve an issue with the caller, what should I do? Fantastic question. So we at RevUp do run a call answering service. We work with multiple practices. And there are times where a question is so specific that we don't have the answer. What do you say when you don't have an answer for anything else? I'm so sorry, I don't have the answer right now, but let me go and find the answer and I'll get back to you. Um, I'm not the expert, the dentist is. That's why we bring you in for a consultation. So I can give you the information that I have and I can do the best that I can, I can, but I don't want you leaving with the wrong answer. So let me make a note of that and I will call you back or I will email you back and then boom, you get a chance to get their details um, with the answer. They will, first, that response will make them feel good. It will make them feel that you're not just dismissing them or giving them whatever, I think it's this, but it's not actually true. Or worse, saying, I can't, we have heard people say, I don't know. I can't give you that answer. The dentist isn't here. And it's like, okay, so what are you going to do about that? This is your job. So I'm going to get the answer. And then when you do, when you do respond with that answer, whoa, boy, is that sending them a great message. So if you don't know the answer, always try and get the answer. And then you know it for next time it's asked. Um, 
Uh, how do you deal with that patient who wants to be seen on weekends when the office opens Monday to Friday? Sometimes there are situations when the schedule just doesn't fit. I think I went back and forth with a patient for like three minutes going, I'm going to find a spot that works for you. And we just couldn't find a spot that worked for them. And that was unfortunate, but they remembered that I'd made that effort. So that's something. Um, unfortunately, we aren't open on the weekends. Uh, we would love to see you Monday to Friday. Now, here's what I can do. Um, these are the times we're available. Have a look at your schedule. Have a think. We're not open on the weekends, but we would love to see you. We can we stay open late on if that's something you do. Um, just do your best and accept. So when it comes to booking patients, there's no such thing as I book 100% of all of my calls. That just doesn't happen. There's always a reason, an acceptable reason why they may not book with you. Scheduling is a big one. Scheduling is a perfectly acceptable reason. They work from 8.30 till 6, Monday to Friday, and your office is open 9 till 5, Monday to Friday. Can they get away at lunchtime? No? Well, there's really not much I can do about that unless you're willing to take some time off. But you try and you say, okay, well, here's what I can say. You know, we're available. Here's a couple of time slots. Why don't you go away? Have a look at your schedule and see if one of those time slots works for you. You could even go above and beyond and say, I'm going to pencil out these time slots for you if that's something you're willing to do. Um, here's a question that I, I was hoping someone would ask. Our office is non-assignment, takes payment at full at the time of appointment. Do you have a recommendation for getting patients in the door? So here's something that's very interesting and that I, I want you all to take away. Nobody really knows what non-assignment means. So when you say we're non-assignment, um, try and change your language a little bit. Uh, absolutely, you can come in. Uh, we don't work directly with the insurance company, but that's fine. You can come in and you just submit on your behalf. So all that means is that you have to pay us and then you submit to your insurance company and they'll reimburse you directly rather than us uh, billing the insurance company, your insurance company paying us. That's how that works. So don't dismiss them straight away. Nine out of 10 people are perfectly fine doing that. I was fine doing that with that. I had my insurance company and I was like, no, that's fine. I can submit to them after that's I know what my insurance covers so that's that's absolutely fine non-assignment is not a reason for someone to not come into you um just make sure that you continue to say it's fine for you to come in this kind of goes along the same as um those who don't work with ODSP or uh, the the government you know subsidy funding whatever it is in your province or state um not everybody is is not going to come to you because you don't accept that. Sometimes people will say, you know, I'm, I'm covered by healthy smiles or whatever it is. Do you accept that? And you say, I'm so sorry you don't, but you, we don't, but you are more than welcome to come in. Here's the cost. Here's what it will cost you if you want to come to us. And you, of course, accept, expect them to say, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll call some other places and see if I can find somebody. You can actually refer them to somebody. They'll remember that too. If you send them to somebody who does accept those services, They'll remember, and when they do get their insurance, when their insurance kicks in at their new job or something changes, they'll remember how awesome you were and that you referred them to this practice that does accept it, um, and they, they might come back to you. And that's a really important thing. Always leave someone with a good impression. Never just dismiss them because they can't come or pay right now. They will remember the one who was nice to them. Um. I think the hardest calls are those that need a procedure done on the same day. Ooh, uh, another question to come up. Sorry. Um, the need a procedure done on the same day, but the office only offers them on specific days. Absolutely. And this is where it comes back to what I was saying earlier about offer them the times that you have available. I can get you in as soon as Thursday at 4 p.m. Oh, Thursday really doesn't work for me. Can you do Tuesday? I'm so sorry. Our doctor doesn't come in on Tuesdays. Um, what I can say is like, I can get you in at a different time on Thursday. Is Thursday completely off the table for you? And just create a dialogue with them. Don't automatically assume that they can't do Thursday just because they've said it the first time. Here's something that's interesting. If you're nice to this person and they like you, they'll change their schedule for you because they have a reason to. You've given them a reason. We're a great practice. We're really nice. 
it's not unheard of for somebody to take a day off to go to the dentist or take time off to go to the dentist. That's what sick leave is for. So don't order again, don't automatically assume that because they've said, I can't do that the first time that they will say, I can never, ever do that ever again. Um, it could be, I've had a couple of people say, Oh, you know what? Um, is that the only, uh, only day? I'm so sorry. Yes, it is. I can, I can reserve a spot for you. Go away and check your schedule. They've gone and done that. And then they've called back and said, yes, I can take that spot. And all they've done is gone to their boss and say, hey, can I get time off? Boss has said, sure. They've come back and scheduled that appointment. Um, so we have a great message here from our, our, um, our CEO. So he says, I think the key thing to remember is you won't win them all. But if you follow these steps, you are going to drastically increase the chance that they book with you. However, there isn't a magic answer to win every patient. Some situations are just impossible to book. But as long as you're warm, friendly, helpful, you'd be shocked at how many people end up booking with you. What a wonderful, lovely statement. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything about that is true. Your goal is to make them feel nice. And we're not talking about changing your conversion rate from 30% to 100%. 30% to 80%. 80% is a huge jump. And it's, it's still going to do a massive amount of, of improvement for your practice. What to do with no-shows? Ah, this one's an interesting one because there's more there than just people not showing up. This is actually a process thing. And um, there's a lot more to that that we can go into. But yes, some practices do have a high, shy, high rate of no-shows. And something's important to remember when it comes to no-shows and cancellations. It's a common thing to happen in dentistry. The worst thing you can do is say, I don't want this to happen because it's going to happen. The best thing you can do is say, you know what? This is something that happens a lot. Let's prepare for it. Let's do what we can to avoid it. So that comes down to sending reminders. We know that if you physically call somebody to remind them, they are more likely to show up or let you know that they're not going to. So you get much more of an advance for a, um, for a reminder don't just rely on these automations that you've set up. So recall max and stuff like that, that just send out an email, send out a text, and you never know whether it actually reached the person, if they responded. It's, it's better to confirm at, at least once through a phone call that you will, they will actually come. Or if the person is responding to you through text or email and saying, yes, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there, the likelihood of them coming is, is much higher. If they haven't responded, they're more likely to be a no-show. The other thing to think about is, is the same way that airlines do it, right? Airlines expect no-shows all the time. So they prepare for them. They know that there's likely going to be a couple of no-shows on every given day. Now, if you can build your practice and your process, I'm not going to go into this, but if you can prepare for that, it makes it a lot easier to manage. So recommendation things like wait lists, right? If you have wait lists, people who, who you have ready to call if someone doesn't show up or is a cancellation, makes it a lot easier to ensure the calendar stays full and just accept it. It does happen. It happens. I don't think I know a single practice where this doesn't happen very commonly. Um, I can see someone typing, what are some questions or statements that should be avoided during a call or what are some things I should not say to callers? Oh, that's a challenging question. I'm going to have to think about that for a second. First one, I already told you guys, no condescending statements. Nothing like, I care about your smile, because everybody can see straight through that straight away. Any managers listening, stop that now. Um, for things like uh, avoiding things, one of the things that we, we have as a negative trait is called letting the caller lead the call. Um, and that's basically when you, you say, yeah, uh-huh, yes, and let that awkward pause happen. So if we're to say, like, is there anything you should avoid? The goal is to control that conversation, keep the flow going, shift that power back onto you, continue to ask the questions. Um, so how do, I, how do I rephrase that into something you shouldn't say? Mm. Uh, basically, don't go, yep, and then nothing, right? Follow up with a question. Another thing um, that I'm just, you know, coming, thinking about is for the cancellations, uh, we were just talking about cancellations. Here's another way to ensure that it's not a big deal is to never, if someone's canceling, uh, never not say, again, it's something to not say, um, okay, bye, <laughs> right? 
Uh, we do hear that a lot. Uh, Hi, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cancel that appointment. Okay, not a problem. Bye. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. Like, I'm so sorry to hear. Has something come up? Like, is there anything we can do about that? Obviously, you can't, but just by asking the question is going to make them talk about why they're canceling their, their appointment. Uh, one guy got into a car accident. And he's like, oh, my gosh, like, my car is totaled. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, you know, empathy, sympathy. Oh, my gosh, not a problem. You know what? Let's Let's just take a breather. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put your name down. I'll call you in a week. And so you don't have to worry about it. I'll remember. I'll call you when things have calmed down a little bit. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Oh my gosh. I, I you know, just make them feel better. Um, and, and offer to book that next appointment. Or if you're not booking the next appointment, make a note and check in with them later. Don't just let them go. That's we call like dismissing the patient. Okay. Bye. It's just bye-bye. I don't care. Um, another message from our CEO, having the patient explain how much pain they are in and what happened. And the first question the receptionist asks is, do you have insurance? Oh yes. Thank you for reminding me that if someone's talking about how much pain they're in and then you say, uh, so I'll give you the, the full verbiage. Cause this does happen way too often. Hi, I'm in pain. No, they don't say that. They say, hi, I'm just calling because I have, a." Uh, bad pain in my mouth. I think it's like, it's swelling something along those lines. A lot of them will say, I think it's a filling or I think I have a cavity and the receptionist says, okay, do you have insurance? It's like, whoa, really? Uh, yeah, but aren't you like gonna, if I was to see you in the street, is that how you would talk to me? No, you would say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I had this pain in my tooth that it was horrible or, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm glad you called. Um, let's see what we can do about getting you. Tell me more about the situation. I've already told you about, you know, shifting the power. Um, I'm so sorry to hear about that. Can I ask you some questions so I can better understand what's really going on? And yeah, so that, oh, do you have insurance? The way we ask about insurance and when we answer these calls is we actually don't for a start until we're getting to the details. And this is when we say, is there an insurance company that we're going to be working with? That's how we introduce the insurance question because at some stage, if they do have insurance, you do want to know and you do want to get that information, but it's kind of irrelevant whether they have insurance or not because they know that it's going to cost. They're going to have to pay for it somehow, either through insurance or out of pocket. And, and the only reason insurance is relevant is if they, you want that information so that you can submit on their behalf or, you know, if they ask if they say, you know, hey, can you tell me how much my insurance is going to cover? Some practices do do complimentary insurance checks. I know that's becoming more and more rare as insurance companies are slamming down for some reason and not able to offer that information anymore. Um, but there's a lot of ways you can go about that. Uh, so thank you for reminding me. Um, yes, as, as our, uh, Nick says, it's like saying, hi, I would like to book a table for our anniversary. And the first person says is, do you have a credit card? It's like, is that relevant? Do you think I'm not going to pay? <laughs> like, what, what, what do you think is going on here? So very good questions. Um, that was the end of the questions I can see. And I can also see there were a little bit over time, but I do have one more question for you. If everybody is still happy to answer another poll question, because I am thinking about what else can we talk about? What else can we um, say? And so I think I do this. Um, I hope it came up. Um, but I am interested to hear what topics are you interested in hearing? Um, one other thing I'm going to say to those of you listening, I've mentioned it a couple of times. So in the webinar, I talked about how we at RevUp listen to the calls and analyze them and assess them for quality. And I'm sure you've kind of got the impression that we do more than that. We actually answer the phones for practices as well. So our service is basically to be there for you it doesn't matter how good you are as a receptionist. You could do everything right. But you also have someone tapping on your shoulder saying, hey, I need you to do this. You have the phone ringing in three different lines. You have someone there. There's a baby crying over there. Sometimes it just gets too much. And we know that the majority of missed calls are between the busiest times, 10 to 2 p.m., 10 to 3 p.m., so we actually are helping some dentists just manage that load to help them um, not miss these opportunities. And the other thing is our team, because we aren't in the office, we are able to give more time to support uh, the caller and to be able to 
ask these questions. So if you are interested in talking to us more about our call answering service, or if you aren't currently a, a client of RevUp and you're interested in about our scorecard where we will analyze and listen to your calls and get a bit, give you a better idea of how you can improve your individual calls, please do reach out to us. Um, I believe you'll be sent a message after this and we'll have your the contact information. Um, so you'll be able to, to reach out and have a conversation with one of our team about how we can help you. So I can see you guys have responded. So thank you so much. Um, asking discovery oh sorry uh i can see how to handle the cancellations is a hot topic fantastic so this is really useful for me i'm going to go away and see if i can create another webinar that's going to address that issue and i'm sure i'll be seeing you all uh very very soon thank you so much for coming really appreciate your time so sorry that we went over i hope you found something really valuable from this webinar the questions are amazing thank you to everyone who asked the questions really appreciate it and um, I look forward to talking to you all very, very soon. Bye. Thank you for attending this RevUp Dental podcast. I hope you gained useful tips and tricks that you'll apply to your practice. Remember to take a look at the ebook, The Power of Discovery Questions, located in the resources section of our website. And to check out the episode description for links to our blog, where you'll discover valuable resources to grow your office and improve day-to-day -day operations. Feel free to reach out to our team for a demo on how our software can identify weaknesses in your practice and begin boosting your booking rates and increasing your ROI.